Welcome. Welcome to Conversations in Compassion, a podcast by Dignity Maine, a program of Agape, and made possible by the contributions to Agape. Thank you. This is a different podcast. Instead of interviews, we have conversations. This is my attempt to demonstrate examples of what I call compassionate conversation. Through these conversations, I hope to address the discord in our families, in our communities, and in ourselves. And finally, to focus on the greatest need of our time, the need for compassion. So thank you, everyone, for listening. It's a remarkable story of a woman whose trauma is so close to a prisoner of war. She describes it as a a war within herself. the exhaustion, the love for us to listen so deeply about how she finds a way to fight, a way to see a slice of optimism. I hope you stay long enough to hear her last final words. There's always tomorrow. So Shelby, thank you. You're welcome. Um, what this is is just me trying to share with people what a compassionate conversation looks like. Okay. And so I'd love to start with who is Shelby? Mm. Shelby's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she hasn't quite figured out much yet you can feel the different parts mm-hmm. just as you said that yeah yeah it's a lot a lot of chaos mm. you can you and you're a little tired of the chaos you'd love it a little little tone it down a little somehow in the midst of all this yeah internal turmoil yeah Um, in light of like recent things, it's been tough. Um, it seems like when, when I went to jail and I forget a lot of things, like still right now, I don't remember a lot of things. I don't know where I'm at at this point. You're not even sure how you got there. No. No, the, uh. Sort of have this, uh, you're going along and then all of a sudden your head's on a a bed in a jail cell. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. And then you kind of go, what what happened? And it it seemed to have stopped like everything in life and now I'm out and everything's different. Right. And you've reached for some help since you (laughs) got out and there seems to be a lot of blockage. Mm -hmm. You know, like people not getting back, people... Not listening to what you might need. At all. 
Right. Like I'm not being heard at all. I don't know if that's just because I wear it well and I, I'm used to like the training from a childhood to just do, to look normal. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of like really terrible things, I can look like nothing's going on. You've got, you got used to it since you were a kid. Yeah. 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 To kind of leave the house and look normal to yeah. everybody else because you didn't want to bring the attention to the home. Yeah. Like no matter what happened, it could have been like, it could have been terrible shit and then just got to shut it down and move forward. It was terrible shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And you're trying to get a handle on what to do. And you go into the hospital and you ask people, like, I need some help here. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening is they go, well, you, you don't need the kind of help that you think you need. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're sort of stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And you're roaming around going, doesn't anybody understand I just completely psychotic Yeah. in my brain? Yeah. Like it's, it's not working. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, what's not working is my life is not working. I, I, I'm intelligent. I'm smart. I know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then I have this other part of me that is just gone. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where I am. Yeah. I have, I have a very protective part of me that's gone completely haywire. Mm. Like she has the reins and she's driving this horse and carriage off a cliff. Yeah. And that's, and that's the part of you that you're really terrified of. Mm-hmm. I am. She's mm. capable of crazy crap. And off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And she does. She takes you there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then you're sitting in some jail cell somewhere like with your head down going, what? How, how did this all happen? Mm-hmm. You don't even know. No. I mean, like, <laughs> I know partly what happened, but like. There's lots of speculation. <laughs> yeah. There's a four year old warrant, but they hadn't bothered me in four years, so. I have speculations about that. Right. And then you realize that the community or, or that, you know, people are just not to be trusted because mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's something out there that's four years old that yeah. nobody's paid attention to. And all of a sudden uh, you bump up against somebody and they're taking advantage. They go, hmm, let me go find this. Yeah. And I've realized, um, actually, I think getting back to where I am right now and not being in such a heavy psychosis um, that people have been manipulating that psychosis Mm. for their own gain. Mm. And that's really hard because some of them are the only people I had. Yeah. You're not sure who to trust now. Yeah. Because when you start to feel all of this, it just turns into a a paranoia. Mm Mm-hmm. A delusional thinking, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of things. And it just like triggers yeah. everything back. Yeah. And you're not sure who to trust. And then all of a sudden the people you could trust, they are starting to manipulate mm-hmm. the hallucinations. Yes. 
And then you're sitting in there like, where do I go? Right. And then you go to the most reliable thing you can think of, which is go to the emergency room. And they say, well, you're not really that crazy. Good luck. Have a good day. Right. And I'm like, I've been hallucinating and having delusions. And they're like, ah, you seem all right. (laughs) All right. What do you do then? Right. You just leave. Right. And they said, well, we're going to refer you somewhere. They'll call you on Monday. Yeah. It's going to take two weeks for it to to happen and keep calling. And like how, I mean, I understand like wanting something bad enough and reaching for it. But like, I think they thought that it was the substance abuse that was the problem because he wanted to get me into a substance abuse IOP. And like, yes, that's a problem. But I also need medication and psychiatric help on top of that to make the substance abuse stick and be successful. Like, I need help men- mentally to get back because that's what helped me the first time that I got off the mm. stuff when I was I was delusional then. Like, I needed, like, some psych meds just to kind of, not permanently maybe, just, just to take down the psychosis a little bit. Like, just to soften. Yeah. So that you can move on. And you know that if you just go to um, some kind of substance use treatment program, mm-hmm. it's not going to do anything with that mental health part no, I or your trauma part. Or, no. no. And so you end up stuck with everybody telling you to get sober and clean and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden it's fine for a while. But then all of that trauma comes alive. Yeah. You're feeling the anxiety, wondering who to trust. Mm-hmm. And you started keeping to yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm stuck in a really vulnerable position because I'm like stuck in a house where like, I know that I'm, I'm being taken advantage of, villainized, used. Um, like I, I didn't need to, to be completely sober to figure that out, but I did need to be completely sober to realize what was being done. Um, and that it wasn't all my hallucination and delusion. It, a lot of it was real. It was just manipulated. Um, and then I can't go home to my mother. So like, this is, this is like all, a. my mom was starting drama while I was in jail. You know what I mean? Like trying to get me worked up in a place where I can't do anything like that is so disrespectful. Like, so what if at least, at least, uh, Nick kept it like, um, at least he just kept a, a fake face on it. That's just what I needed. Right. Right. But again, you're talking about people that are in your life that, who do I trust? Right. (laughs) You know, and I don't know how to take the next right step. And I. Because I just don't choose people to trust, apparently. (laughs) And somehow it becomes your fault. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Usually. (laughs) And there's a. There's a powerlessness there. There's mm-hmm. a hopelessness there. Yeah. Like, what is, you know, what do I do? Because mm-hmm. I picked the wrong people. I tried the wrong process. You know, I'm sort of stuck. Mm-hmm. And I feel anxious every day of my life. And then there's a part of me that says, why not use? Mm-hmm. And I do. Yep. And they seem to be watching. <laughs> so the minute you do, somebody's knocking at your door and arresting you. Yep. 
and you're sitting in a cell again. Yeah. It was terrible. It was worse than the first time I went. The conditions were horrible. Yeah, I mean, you got no, it's a vicious cycle. You got no, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. And meaner. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about something. I don't really expect any answer this. But you can. There's something that keeps you alive. Because you've been through a lot. I don't even know what it is. Maybe the hope mm. that one moment, one moment it'll get better. Yeah, so you hold on to this sparkle of hope. Very small. Yeah. Well, and it keeps getting smaller. Because <laughs> you catch, you catch a break, you can feel it, and then it all sort of tumbles about. Yeah. Again. It's um, because I was laying there actually, thinking last night. about the fact that I didn't want to live anymore. But I think out of pure curiosity that I wanted to see the next day. Mm. And if in that moment, I guess that worked. So. Yeah, wonder. It's not even the next day will work out. It's just I have a wonder. Yeah. What will, what will the next day bring? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not ready to not see tomorrow just yet. I don't know why. The curiosity. Um, sometimes things have changed very quickly, you know? Uh, so. You have uh, this incredible part of you, that slice that you just talked about, that uh, you called curiosity. Yeah. I wonder, wonder what, I wonder what tomorrow will be. Yeah. So it's always been like a, it's, it's the playful part of me. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, even in the worst of times, uh, I still want to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, there's a child like part of you that you just really enjoy mm -hmm. playful and funny and and uh, in the midst of darkness of all kinds you're find a way to be playful yeah you um, do a lot of art yeah yeah I do <laughs> you uh, sketch a lot I try <laughs> I, and uh, you're you're sort of trying to tap into that yeah, little playful part, like get out of your mind and just put drawings on a paper. Yeah. Try to do something. Something outside of all this. Mm -hmm. It's just um, every day feels like um, I'm fighting mm. to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's exhausting. Yeah, you'd love to just say, I need to rest now. Mm -hmm. And then do it safely somehow. But if I do it safely, then I... And then the whole substance use comes back in. And yeah. That there's a correlation with that in terms of that's where the safe place is. Yeah. There's no more anxiety. There's no more trauma. There's no more just using. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes problematic when it's over. Yeah. I can't think straight. Right. I can't make decisions right. I overspend. I can't run a, any sort of business or company that I want to run. I can't do anything that I want to do to be successful. Either way is painful. Right. And if I don't, if I don't use the substances, then I'm always anxious. I'm trying to run these things and I can do, I get some competency. I know it. Yeah. And then there's another part. There's, I'm just tired. Yeah. So goddamn tired. Yeah. It's like it's hired. I can't even explain. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritually tired. You said it when you said, like, laid my head down, you know, and I'm so exhausted that I could feel, I could feel the, I don't want to live anymore. Mm. And then that part of you just did, uh, wonder, wonder what tomorrow will be. Yeah. <laughs> Just a low voice. Yeah. Childlike. Yeah. Playful. Yes. And then you, then you have that. You wake up and for a few moments, feels optimistic, feels hopeful. It's gotten a lot less. Mm. I don't think I've felt joy in a very long time. Mm. I can't remember the last time I did. Mm. Actually, <laughs> I've never laughed so much as I did with some of the women down in Kentucky. We laughed a lot while we were down there, mm. just making the best of the shit situation we were in. Right. I really haven't laughed that much in a long time. Yeah, sort of being in the cells with all of them and it was so crazy so awful oh, so it was terrible but so abusive that yeah. all the, that all you could do as a group was to just laugh mm -hmm. you know guards coming in and saying things that were completely off the wall like and then they just laugh it's <laughs> like what what the hell are we supposed to do like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these men would come in these men would come in mm -hmm. as guards and they would make derogatory yeah. comments and yeah. um, deplorable living conditions, mm -hmm. starving some of the inmates when they didn't get food, mm -hmm. um, roaches mm -hmm. the size of my freaking face. Mm -hmm. We kept one in a jar and called him Bob Hanna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we had a cell mascot. Mm -hmm. Lots of violence. Mm -hmm. And a lot of laughter. Yeah. A lot of laughter. And you can, you can speak about that as hope. Yeah. Just uh, the playful. Yeah. Was the word you used. It's a lot of uh, the human spirit. 
just mm-hmm. surviving. I read a book while I was in jail about this guy who was a prisoner of war. Mm-hmm. And he said the way to make it out of things is by remaining optimistic no matter what. And that's how you don't lose your mind. Because mm-hmm. you can you can lose your mind in those situations and become negative for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like when they go to war, it can really get you with PTSD. Yeah. And if you, if you remain, like you're going to get out of it and laugh and just make the best of things you can you can survive and keep your head just uh, a touch of optimism yeah in the bleakness of it all yeah and i figured if some guy who got like kept in a friggin' <laughs> prison camp in japan could make it out of there and still be optimistic that i could probably make it through this and be optimistic on the other side mm. it helped yeah and it helps to hold on to that Mm-hmm. That's the, I love that when you're just laying there and you were so tired and you're like, what if, what if it's over? Mm-hmm. The the tiny bit of optimism showed up. Yeah. As you call it, the hope. Yeah. You know, and that you've been a fighter all, all, all of your life. Yeah. It, it, it just the deplor- deplorable, sorry for the language, but deplorable situations have been coming at you and coming at you and coming at you. I know. It's, Jesus. feels like, feels like I live in a bad movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it still has this tiny bit of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that you're even reading a book about, <laughs> you know, because... I am a prisoner of war. Yeah. I'm, I'm a prisoner of this trauma, this whisper of trauma constantly happening. Well, I got into the book because I've, I've related a lot to the veterans because of their PTSD from war, mm. um, dealing with my own PTSD and taking advice from them, I figured would be mm. like a, a good good idea in a situation where I had no outreach to any programming or anything like that. That's all I had. So. Yeah. So no, why not grab the wisdom? Right. When a person has buried in the ground for six years and food is thrown down on top of them. Yeah. How the hell do they come out and live a life? Yeah. And in the book, it said he dealt with like alcoholism and problems, just, you know. Um, when he came out. Yeah. And he got out of it mm. and mm. found like spirituality and went on with life eventually, but it took work. Mm. That's the one you fight for. The hope is your spirituality. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. The unknown. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. So I just keep going. Like I went to NA. I keep trying to go to meetings, prog- programs, and then maybe one day it'll just stop. <laughs> yeah. I just keep going. It'll stop. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if I can just show up. Mm-hmm. It's like that small group of women in Kentucky. Yeah. You know, we, we we bonded through laughter and through the absurdity and through the awfulness. Mm-hmm. And the oppression and the abuse and yeah, and then we bonded with laughter. And if we could find that, if I could find that small group, 
then maybe, maybe if I just, I don't know how to do it, but just show up. <laughs> yeah. This is another part that doesn't want you to show up. Yeah, I know. So you know that there is a little bit of a window if you can get to a an NA meeting and just get there. Yeah. You know, getting through that moment, not getting high. Right. Getting through this moment, not getting high. <sighs> Trying to keep my hands busy. Yeah. With your art. Yeah. Your illustrations. Doing the CDL thing. Right. And you know that if you can do some of those things, that this might be a way out. The truth is, you're not sure. No, I'm not sure of anything. I think that inside, you would say to me, I feel really damaged. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure it can be fixed. Yeah. And what if I'm wrong? What if it could be? Right. That's you. <laughs> it is. Yeah, because then there's the wonder again. Yes. There's a, there's two very loud, <laughs> one very quiet right now and one very loud side. Well, you... You know that I already think about you as an amazing person. Yes. And that's why you came. So thank you for that. Yes. I think you're probably one of the only people I do trust. Thank you. Can't think of a greater honor. <laughs> thank you. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> We've definitely put in a lot of work to get there. Mm. I'm not easy to deal with. <laughs> Well, then we have something in mutual. Yeah, I'm true. not easy to deal with. <laughs> I think like uh, surrounding myself, though, with you and like the group and, and people like that is the only thing that I've done right in a long time uh, because it was just like a mirror. You know, you guys are just like a mirror mm -hmm. of gentle accountability um, where like I was able to be chaotic and I was still cared about. So there was nobody to look at but me mm. and that was like oh shit you know like mm. Mm. all right it's me this time <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do it to me yeah, they didn't Damn reject it. me they uh. i can't blame them because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there is the, that little that chaotic part just wants to blame everybody and, and everything mm. else around me yeah i mean and it doesn't want to look inside because those are the hard problems to fix and I, I, I love those two words you put together. Gentle accountability. Yes. You know, that that the, the group meets at the same time. Yeah. And you have to wrestle the half an hour before it. Yeah. That day, one part of you goes, when I go, we're going to yeah. just go get high. Got other things to do. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I got to go spend. Yeah, I got to go do whatever we're up to. We got to go, go feed do it. Some addiction. That's right. Feed some addiction. 
some compulsion. Mm-hmm. And then there's another part going, no, 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 you need to go. You can feel they're not going to judge you one way or the other. Mm-hmm. They're, gonna, they're just going to say, oh, it's so nice to see you. It's just some days it'll get, I'll just forget it altogether because this is my other compulsion brain does get in the middle of a compulsion. Just forget everything else I got to do. Okay. Well, and forget anything at that point because there's so much of the anxiety and the just trying to live in the moment. You, you don't even know the day of the week. No, no. I, yeah. I don't know the day of the week, actually. <laughs> you know, and you don't even have that at that moment. You don't even have that. And you're trying all the time to figure out, like, how do I just have a normal life of this is Wednesday? Is it yeah. Wednesday? No. Yeah, it's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to have that kind of life. And I remember when I did have um, longer sobriety and it was so routined. It was so like hour by hour, minute by minute. I ate at the same time. I dressed at the same time. I watched the same TV shows. I, everything was very rigid and controlled. There was not, I couldn't, couldn't go off of my routine without really throwing myself into like a freak out. And like, I don't feel like that was healthy either, but like, But you know that a bit of routine and ritual is probably your answer to sobriety. Yeah, it is. And then there's another part of you that just does that for a bit and then all of a sudden knocks it off and then it's hard to get back. Yeah, it's, a, it's real hard to get back. That And the initial starting of everything after getting sober is like, it's like the worst part. It's like the first six months to a year is like really really hard and it's not it doesn't even start right away like the first three months are okay because you're just kind of like still a high a little bit from all the drugs that are releasing from your system and the poison that's excreting from your system and you're like your brain's kind of just like doing whatever it does but (laughs) but then you hit like three months in and it's like everything just zeroes out like there's no chemicals being made up there, no dopamine, no nothing. You're just raw dog in life. And it's like, oh, my God. Mm. And like even with drugs, I have not felt joy. Like drugs don't get me high like they used to. They don't right. don't bring me happiness or joy. They bring, mm. in fact, they probably bring quite the opposite out now at this point. They bring anger, um, resentment. They bring all They bring all the feelings to the surface that I was using to get rid of, using mm. drugs to get rid of. And now I just look like a psycho Mm -hmm. and, and it's even worse when I'm using now because I can't bridle that in. Like I can't, Mm -hmm. it's just not, it's not a capability anymore. Everything's messy. Everything's, (sighs) there used to be some functionality with the using and that is long gone. Mm -hmm. So it's now it's like a breaking point. Yeah. It's, it's more of a habit now and it just brings more shame. Yeah. More disorganization. Yeah, a lot more disorganization. Like, I'm just like, I'll clean a mess over here and make one over there. (laughs) Talk with my hands. And then you can feel that that there's no relief. None. I'm just just like awake. (laughs) 
awake and angry. Yeah. And wondering. Yeah. And wondering where, where might I get a little bit of hope? Yeah. There's the tiredness. I think the hardest part was getting sober in jail and coming home to a life I didn't remember. Mm. Because the life I remembered in jail isn't the one I have. Mm -hmm. I feel like a guest. Yeah. A guest in your own life. Yeah. I feel like I left off somewhere. I don't know. It's just everything changed. Mm. It was so harsh. You could feel something clicked different inside you. Yeah. You were so abusive. Yeah. And you get back in your the way you saw everything, the way you looked at your child, the way you looked at your home, everything just had a different view. Yeah. You didn't even know. I don't know if I belong here. Yeah. And then uh, it almost becomes psychotic in your brain because you can feel the, like, is, is this where I live? Right. Are these the people? Yeah. And that's what brought you to the hospital. Mm -hmm. and there they kept you for a few hours and watched you and sent I, you on your way. I read a book and left. <laughs> mm. Mm. And you've gone to a couple of meetings since. Mm -hmm. You're trying. Yeah. Trying to figure out what. What is it now? Mm -hmm. And the best you can hold on to is this um, prisoner of war. Yeah. Because uh, I'm in my own war. Who said, you won't make it unless you hold on to a slice of optimism. Yeah. It's hard for me to get. I felt it as last night when I was laying there thinking, I don't want to keep doing this. And you heard, well, what about tomorrow? Yep. That was the slice of optimism. Yes. And he also says you just keep doing what you can do in that moment to move forward. Yeah. So I keep trying to learn different things. Not that my brain is taking in much, <laughs> having much retention, but I figure if I highlight, write notes, and read, that maybe it might re retain something. Yeah. But in the midst of everything, it's not retaining very much. Yeah. And, and when the anxiety goes up, when the trauma goes up, when the whispers inside of ourselves gets loud, it's so hard to retain what even what day it is. Yeah. What's our What's my name? I, I mean, it just becomes remarkable. Yeah. How blank you become. Seriously. You know, and so you're trying to regain something. See if I can lower some of that. Like I don't. I don't even have much 
cognitive thoughts anymore. Yeah. I just keep doing the next thing, whatever it might be, but I don't even know what that is sometimes. Right. And I don't really like being in this type of position because my brain is pretty like manipulative, manipulatable yeah. at this point because it's just blank. It's just this, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. That's what we're doing now. Okay. Right. <laughs> and then people can pull on you and take you in their direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that feels like I don't know who I am. I'm just mm-hmm. going to follow. Mm-hmm. And again, whether you're, if you're around a group of people that are, heading in a hopeful direction and good. But if you're heading around with people that want to use power over you, then it just adds to the drama. Yeah. And you just, you're constantly having to wrestle them every day. Yeah. Well, I'm blessed to always have you, have your story, have who you are. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to say if there was somebody listening out there that was struggling? Um, I don't know if I have any good advice because <laughs> I'm really barely hanging on myself, but there is always tomorrow. for listening to today's conversation and I hope you enjoyed it if you like what you hear please consider subscribing to Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever else you find your podcasts I'd like to give a heartfelt thanks to all the contributors to Agape Inc for their support in making this podcast possible if you care to join us please go to DignityMain.com to get involved. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. And take good care.